Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. You're listening to Blue Jays Nation Radio with Cam Lewis and Tyler Uremchuk, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Episode 89 of Blue Jays Nation Radio. Tyler Uremchuk and Cam Lewis with you. Coombsy, another L. I know like it's not technically back-to-back series losses because they split against Baltimore. Or sorry, it's not technically three straight series losses because they split against Baltimore. But it feels like three straight series losses because the split against Baltimore is basically an L. Um, Things didn't get better against the Chicago White Sox for our beloved Toronto Blue Jays. No, we're in the exact same situation now where we're feeling good about avoiding a sweep. That's how we felt against the Yankees. They pulled off the epic comeback. It was very exciting. And then apparently they were going to go into Chicago with all the momentum, Mm -hmm. but then they wound up up losing two games and they avoid the sweep on Wednesday. But I don't know. It it wasn't a terrible series. It was more of a frustrating one. It was especially that second game. That was an infuriating experience. Just, just, just awful. Yeah. Um, even the first game, like Biggio hits that dinger in the ninth and you're like, all right, they got it within one. The top of the order is coming up. Like it really felt like that was going to be a moment where, you know, they, they pull out a big win. We talked about them keeping the momentum going from that win against New York, them finding a way to have a ninth inning comeback in game one of that series against Chicago that that would have done that. Instead, no, you don't get it. Whatever. You can never blame a team for not pulling off a miracle comeback. But then it's it's looking back on game one is more frustrating because of how the Jays blew it in game two of that series. And we're going to get into that with three up, three down here. Um, I I know. I know. Yeah. Let's start with the bullpen, actually, because I just that's that's from game two. And that's just beyond annoying, like how you don't find a way to hold on and win that baseball game when you had so many chances to win that baseball game. Like you look at the box score and there's three blown saves written down. That cannot be happening to a team that has World Series aspirations. Yeah, it was super disappointing to see because, I mean, on the last podcast, we were praising the fuck out of Jordan Romano for his excellent save against the Yankees. And then he comes in. There's a two-run lead there in the ninth inning the Blue Jays have given him with their kind of late-game eight-inning rally. And it was it was surprising to see it was two outs. He was right there and then just completely imploded. And then, you know, Tim Meza comes in, they score their ghost runner, and then he allows the ghost runner to score. And then all of a sudden you're in a situation where you have to use Matt Gage in the extra innings. And to be fair to Matt Gage, he's been quite good since coming up, but that's not really who you want to be 
using in these do or die situations, but that's just the reality with the Jays bullpen right now is there aren't very many options that are getting outs. And in all three games, we saw the, the bullpen was bad. And you, you talk about the near comeback in game one. Well, the, after um, Jose Barrios had his terrible start in which he only goes four innings, David Phelps comes in for mop up duty and allows two runs in the fifth inning. And that the two runs in that inning wind up being the difference and the Blue Jays can't execute the comeback. And then in the, in the third game, they have a nine, one lead Phelps again, comes in, allows a run. Then Adam Simber comes in. He only gets one out. The only reliable reliever the Blue Jays had this entire weekend was Trent Thornton who came in and scored. He threw, he throws two scoreless innings in the first game. That's what allows them to kind of do this comeback. And then in the third game, he cleans up Simber's mess and the White Sox at the tying run at the plate. Yeah. And Thornton was the, he was the only guy that was getting people out this week. The, the extra layer of frustration there for me is like coming into this season, I thought we had fair reason to believe the bullpen would be better, right? Simber was solid last year. Richards solid last year, Romano, Tim Mizek, Tim Mesa coming back. And then you even added Jimmy Garcia and it's like, okay, you at least have like this core of guys who should be dependable for you in the bullpen. And in that loss where the bullpen's at fault again, you had all your dependable guys. Like, it's not like it was, okay, we had to use the bullpen the last three games. Our big guns were great. We can't use them tonight. We need to try to get through with our list of B or C level relievers. It's like, no, man, you went Simber Garcia Romano. Like, that's your recipe for winning ball games is to go Simber Garcia Romano. And those three didn't get it done. That just adds another layer to like how badly they need to go out and get a bullpen arm quick. Like, you cannot keep waiting because it's actively costing you baseball games. No, there's no, there's no real reason to keep waiting. It was right around this time last year, they went and made the Simber trade with Miami in the first place. That was on June the 29th. They traded Joe Panic and a random prospect for Simber. That's a great trade. Uh, about a week later at the beginning of early in July, they go and get Trevor Richards. That's in a kind of a different trade. It's a change of scenery trade where they give Milwaukee Rowdy to and they get, um, they got Richards and the prospect Bowen Francis back. So two kind of different trades. And, to be fair to the Blue Jays, it's a bit of a different situation this year because there's an extra playoff team in each league. So teams are slightly less inclined to sell. But that being said, like you're a win now team staring down the barrel of playing the Red Sox who are on fucking fire and the Rays in a five game series that features a double header. Like that's eight huge games against teams that are within like a game or two of you in the division. Like you have to be winning those games and you can't be blowing them. So even if it costs a premium because less teams are selling, you have to pay the premium and go out and fix this mess. This is the time they did it last year. They have to do it again. Yeah, there's just no more excuses at this point. Like, it's not like you can sit there and be like, ah, it'll sort itself out. Like, we're fine. We can wait till the deadline. Like, also, the deadline's only a month away. It's not like we're crazy early in the season. I know they dropped this line on the broadcast, but like it's getting late early for the Toronto Blue Jays. And I know the extra wild card spot, like, thank God that exists because it buys them a little bit of extra leeway in terms of the playoff race. But, you know, when you look at one of Cleveland or Mini are likely going to win that division, the other one's going to be a wild card team. And then you basically have Toronto, Boston, and Tampa, like between the leftover team in the AL Central there and Toronto, Boston, Tampa, one of those teams is going to miss. And if you're the Jays, the Rays are the team right now. That's two games back. You, I know, I know there's Minnesota and Toronto as that buffer, but the point is it's tight. It's not like the Jays can just waltz their way into the playoffs because there's the extra team. It's going to be close. And if going out and getting right now, an extra reliever is the difference between 
one or two blown saves in the next month or one or two complete bullpen implosions in the next month, that could that's incredibly impactful when you look at this race. So they they got to go out and do it. I think everyone listening to this would agree with that. It's not like we're giving any sort of hot take that people are going to roll their eyes at. They need a bullpen arm. And it's simple as that. Mm Yeah, the only the only way that I would have sat here and and argued that is if Nate Pearson were in Buffalo killing it, striking everybody out and looks like he can come up and be the game changing arm the Blue Jays need. Well, it looks like that's not going to happen because Pearson left his most recent rehab outing in AAA Buffalo with some kind of injury. No idea what it is or how long it's going to be, but since it's Nate Pearson, it's cursed, and he's just a cursed player at this point. It's pretty fair to assume that it's going to be, you know, something more than just him missing a day or two. That's that's that, that's a reasonable assumption to make, I think. So yeah, you're right. They have to go external. The answer is not in Buffalo. Like whoever's come up, Jeremy Beasley's killing it down there. He's meh, at the big league level. Casey Lawrence is a mop up guy. Max Castillo allows two home runs in his first outing. Like I get it's the Yankees, but. Uh, there really just isn't an arm down in triple a Buffalo where you're like, you know what? Yeah. This guy can come up and pitch in the seventh inning. It's yeah. it's just not there. It's not there. Uh, the second down we have for three up three down is uh, the absolute ump show we saw in came two of that series. It, that's one of the most, one of the most mind blowing performances behind the plate I think I've ever seen in my time as a baseball fan. Um, I know those Twitter accounts have been breaking down there's all of them with the ump scorecards and stuff, but he was what that um 84%, 83% or some dumb shit like that. Like how, how are you that bad? And that call on Santiago Espinal that went viral is one of the most egregious strike calls I think I've ever seen in major league baseball. It was just weird watching because now to be fair, I'm not going to say the blue Jays, it obviously didn't help them, but I'm not going to say the Jays lost that game because of the umpiring because the umpiring was bad for both teams. I think it was more bad for the Jays and the White Sox, but Jays pitchers were even getting some weird calls where it's like, it's not, it's not even like an inch or two outside the zone. It looked like it was like six, seven inches, like outside Santiago Espinal, like you said, was the guy who just kept on getting the worst of it. Like pitches that were out well out of the box, like slightly below his knees or like being called a strike. It seemed like everything the pitchers threw at him. If it was anywhere near the plate, if the catcher didn't have to like dive to catch it, but it was going to be called a strike against Santiago Espinal. And I have no idea how he didn't lose his fucking mind in that game. I would have, (laughs) he stayed so stunningly composed. Cause I feel like it's just so bad that you can't help, but like chuckle at it in your head and be like, wow, like I'm actually getting job that bad. Uh, the Twitter account ump scorecards, Doug Edding's total run impact of 5.89 runs in a single game is the fifth highest of all time. The fifth worst umpired game ever was that game. Game two, Chicago, Toronto in the middle of June. Like I just, I couldn't believe how it. many other Jays games are on that list. You have the, do you have the list of the worst games of all time? Or did they just say it was the fifth? I just read their tweet. Cause I remember, there. I remember there was a list earlier this season and I probably looked at it in early June or late May. And it had the, the, the worst umpire games by the, their impact this season. And the blue Jays had like three of the top six. Cause one of them was the uh, one in New York where Jimmy Garcia got kicked out. And then there was the other one at home in Toronto when Vladdy tagged a guy on his way home and he didn't get called out. And there's been a whole bunch of bad strike zone games too, but 
if you go purely by strike zone and called wrong on the, the ump scorecards.com, the top two games this season for most incorrect calls was game two, Chicago, Toronto, and then Toronto, Oakland as well with Jeff Nelson when he missed 20. Oh yeah. Calls. I remember that one. That's um, the, that's the weird strike zone game. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Toronto has definitely been uh, impacted by umpires a few times this season. And how good was it? To see Guillermo Martinez go out before the game. And like, that's Dan said it on the broadcast. Guillermo doesn't typically do the lineup cards. So he was clearly sent out there for one reason. And that was to give Edding a piece of his mind. You think they just sat around and picked who was going to do that? Do you think Guillermo was like passionate? Like, I want to do this. I want to tell this guy off. Or was it more like maybe Charlie or Pete Walker are more likely to be suspended? That kind of thing. Like, what do you think went into that? I was going to say the suspension thing. I feel like, Guillermo has the leeway as a guy who what he hasn't been kicked out yeah. this season or anything he like that. Kicked out. Um, Charlie's been kicked out four times and Pete's been kicked out twice. Yeah, I feel like if Pete, after getting kicked out in the in game two, went out there for game three for the lineup card, there either would have been fist thrown, suspensions, or both. Like I, I just don't feel. I feel like Guillermo maybe they trusted a little bit more to just like go out there, say his piece, get kicked out, sit in, sit in the clubhouse. And like, it's over. I feel like Pete, maybe you don't want him to push his temper that much. Guillermo got, he got his, uh, he got his money's worth. Oh yeah. Like he went in there and he was like poking him in the chest and getting up in his face. It was great to see it. It definitely fired the Jays up for the third game because they went nuclear, man. Like it was the best game they played in quite a while. Yeah, um, the defense was excellent. We'll get into that, actually. We'll, we'll save the game through yeah. the talk in, uh, for just a second. But circling back for our third down, another rough outing for Jose Barrios, who continues to just be inconsistent for the Jays this season. And it's so disappointing because you get them, you acquire them, you sign them, and you think, perfect. Like, that's one of those worry-free spots in the rotation. It's been anything but. Like, he was good against Detroit a couple of weeks ago. And then it was, you know, a, a mass start against the Orioles where he gave up three earned to Baltimore, which you would. And even though he went seven, I'd like to see him not give up three earned to the Orioles. And then he just implodes again against the White Sox. It's just, do you, do you see anything here? Is there any rhyme or reason to this? Or is this just a guy who's struggling? I'm not a good enough analyst when it comes to the nitty gritty of pitchers. Like, I'm not going to see their axis at which they're throwing the ball or different things, but it's just been a weird, weird thing for Barrios where he puts together like a handful of good games and then just implodes. And I, I wondered earlier in the season, if it was like a, uh, like a nagging injury, perhaps like a blister or sore arm or something like that, he was just kind of grinding through, but his stuff all seems fine. It really seems like a fairly similar process in all these starts. Like he does, the same thing against Detroit that he did against the White Sox. But I guess the reality is, is the White Sox are a deeper lineup than the Tigers are. And that's potentially where we could kind of see what's going on here. The other thing here is that um, the White Sox have done well against Barrios in his career, whether um, because they, they saw him so much, obviously with him being in the central division with the twins. And even when he was with the twins, he struggled with the white Sox. So maybe it's just a thing where all oh, these guys have Barrios's number, but fuck who knows? Like we've made so many weird excuses for this guy this season. Like I'm <laughs> digging so deep to come up with random reasons why he would be struggling. And I, I, I really just have nothing. I'm at a point with Barrios right now where every start for <laughs> with him coming in as a coin flip, you have no idea if this is going to be a gem or if he's going to get completely lit up. Yeah, I mean, you go through his game logs, like his earned runs allowed through his last starts, 6-3, 1-2, 6-3, 0-5, 6, 
Like you're right. It's just an app. You don't know what you're getting. There's no rhyme or reason to it. It's not like it's a good start, then a bad start, then a good start, then a bad start. It's just seemingly totally random. And for the Jays and one of their aces, you could say, or a guy who you thought maybe would be their ace this season, Jose. Well, Rios, to base. <laughs> yeah. For a 5.11 ERA. Man, Eesh. not good. Not good. Um, let's get into the ups, though, because they did manage to salvage um, salvage the series in a way. You avoid the sweep. And again, we uh, we complained about how bad they are on the travel days when they play afternoon in the middle of the week. But they put that to bed a little bit. And a big reason why is because the bats got going Early. It was the Bobachette Grand Slam. It was Alejandro Kirk doing his thing. I think Dan Shulman had the line that, you know, the White Sox are going to be seeing Alejandro Kirk in their nightmares. Um, he was great. Like in that third game, you watch the Jays do that, where there's just different parts of the lineup finding ways to chip in. Like Gabriel Moreno's batting ninth. He's going two for four. Lourdes Gurriel Jr. is batting eighth. He's going two for four, driving in a run. You just look at that and you go, why can we not get this more consistently? Yeah, it's, it's, it's weird. It doesn't make any sense. It's like, okay, the Jays come in and they put up what, like 20 some odd runs, 22 runs on the White Sox across three games. And the White Sox are a team that pitches quite well. I mean, they have good starters. They have a decent bullpen. You know, they have a handful of good arms and they're not really a team that allows 22 runs in three games. And the Jays come in and do that to them after, I mean, shut down by the Yankees. That's one thing, whatever. After they had kind of an up and down go with the Baltimore Orioles. Like there's that one game uh, where they only scored two runs on Baltimore. And you're like, what the fuck is happening? It's kind of the same thing with Barrios. It's like uh, each game, you really just don't know what's going to happen or who's going to show up. The weird thing with the Jays is they're a righty heavy lineup. And you'd think they'd, they'd struggle with, you know, power right-handed pitchers. That makes sense. But then throughout the weeks, we've seen them struggle with just like guys that throw junk, guys that throw soft like lefties. It's 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 shocking. But then they have games like they did on Wednesday where it looks like, yeah, this is the lineup from last year. This is the lineup from 2015. Um, I mean, I guess ultimately at the end of the day, at least they are coming through significantly more often than not now. Whereas back in April, we were like, are they ever going to wake up at least? Yeah more often than not they're going. So I don't think the offense is really all too much of a concern. The, the, the pitching is definitely what worries me more at this point than the bats. hundred percent. And I mean, it was great to see them come alive in a winning effort in the third game against Chicago, but they were good. I mean, they scored 13 runs in the first two games. Like if the pitching comes through, we're sitting here talking about a series where the Jays bats are tremendous and they probably sweep the white Sox again, but it just wasn't meant to be. The pitching didn't hold up for them. Um, but the bats really no complaints at all there. You can go through every game. Can I, it's great to see Teoscar continue to hit well. Um, he had the offer in the second game, but he had a dinger. He had a couple hits in the first game, too. Um, it's just a really good series from Teoscar again. And I like watching this guy get going. Like, if he's hot, it's going to do wonders. Yeah, you. This is, this is the That's second my boy. Second that. podcast I've said it. I know, but he's my boy. You said it. You said carbon copy the exact same thing. I know. <laughs> But like bring it up each time. Every time he hits a dinger, just be like, it's great to see this guy ripping. I just, I love him, man. Just like the smile and all of that, like the way he is in the, in the dugout throwing the seeds and shit. I just think it's all so good. His vibe is tremendous. And when he struggles, like he wears his heart on his sleeve in a way where like when he's striking out, you can like see the frustration in him. And I don't know. I just relate to that. I, I always feel for him when he's struggling. So when he's hitting well, I like to celebrate it, you know? Yeah, I see the frustration in uh, in in you when I'm speaking on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Every every fan has that guy though, right? Like the the one player who's who their success just like means a little bit more. Like you root for them a little bit harder than you do the other guys. I don't know. 
Yeah, that's true. That's fair. It's valid. Uh, third up, one guy you root for a lot is Ross Stripling. Huh? I do. I've, 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 I've really, I've really come around on this one. I was really, really hard. I, this is why I feel like I should go out of my way to praise Stripling now when he's good is that I was so critical of this trade when they made it. I thought it was really bizarre. They were giving up like a couple of like decent prospects for like a sixth starter. But now they're in this situation where, you know, Kenjin Ryu's arm fell off. So they're down a starter and Stripling had been good in the bullpen. And now he comes in and fills that role, just lickety split. And he's been unbelievably good. He's been, I don't know, in the mask month or so he's been probably their second most reliable starter behind Alec Manoa. Like it's not just like they're getting number five starting from stripling. Like, Oh yeah. He's coming in and throwing four innings and allowing two runs. That's nice. No, he's coming in against the white Sox on a, you know, on a day in which they just went 13 innings and use like their whole bullpen and he goes and gives them six. Like that's, that's fantastic. Six, six innings, one earned run strikes out five, five hits, one walk. Like that is much better than number five stuff. They were talking on the broadcast about, do you look to maybe extend him before we even get to the off season? And I think that's maybe a little no. bit premature from each side. If I'm the Jays, I'm probably going, eh, even if Ross Stripling keeps it up all year, is he going to like price himself out of our range? Probably not. If we really want to bring him back. And if you're Ross Stripling and you're having a great year halfway through, why would no, you want to doing that? Why would you want to settle on it? Right? Like, no man, see if you can do it for a whole year. And maybe there's like 10 teams this winter who are like, damn, we should be trying to bring this guy in. Yeah, man. In like a world where you say Kikuchi gets, what was it? 36 mil over three years from the Jays. Steve Matt's got a four year deal after his pretty good season with the Jays last year. If Stripling keeps doing this all year and they don't get another starter and he just keeps starting like kind of 2015 Marco Estrada type thing where he moves from being the long guy, whatever into the starting, uh, the starting rotation when there's an injury and he just goes and continues to be good. Someone's going to give him that three or four year deal. And I mean, the Jays, if qualifying offers still exist, that's still up in the air because uh, of the lockout. If, if qualifying offers still exist, you, you probably want to qualify him, right? Like we, we went through this with Matt's last year and it looks like kind of like, Oh geez, maybe did the Jays fuck up by not giving Matt's a qualifying offer. Cause it seems like there was enough interest in him on the market that somebody would assign him regardless, but who knows? Like there's, obviously a long, long season left. And this is kind of insane to talk about, but Stripling has worked his way into the discussion of being like, certainly more than just like a random arm in the bullpen. That's for sure. Uh, Trent Thornton gets our third up. We kind of hit on that a little bit earlier on Um, the only reliable piece of this bullpen. Why not make him the closer? Yes, sure. Why the fuck not? Like uh, yesterday, everybody was like, oh no, uh, Trent Thornton's coming in with the tying run at the plate. He's going to fuck it up. And then no, he doesn't. He gets the next two guys out. And then it was the same thing on the, in the Monday game. He's like the only guy not allowing runs. And he's the, he's the pitcher when the Jays are pulling off their comeback. So Trent's never fooled us before and he never will. So you, you clearly have a very reliable reliever here and they should probably just make him the closer. All right, that's going to do it for three up, three down. Shout out to our friends at DoorDash. Promo code BJNPODDD gets you 25% off and no delivery fees on your first order. Where's my button? Come on. Come on. Oh, there you go. Coomzy. Oh, uh, <laughs> I know. Coomzy, let's, uh, let's do this. Alejandro Kirk is in the driver's seat yes. for, the, for the catching position at the All-Star game. I love it. You see four J's in there in the fan vote. It's great. 
It's a fan vote, though, right? It's not like this is a bunch of like panelists or insiders or managers from around the league voting on who should be in the All-Star game. It's fans deciding it, which makes it extra hilarious that there are Yankees fans melting down about a fan vote in the All-Star game. Yeah, it, it it's it's really we, we kind of touched on this after the Yankees series. We we're making fun of them like New York is currently 51 and 18. <laughs> They're on pace to win, I think, 130 games now. And they're if this keeps going, there's a debate to say that they have the best regular season of all time. Whatever happens in the playoffs, it is what it is. But at this pace, they're potentially going to have the best regular season of all time. Like imagine- If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Imagine having that and getting to watch it. And while that's happening, Yankees fans are logging onto the internet and melting down that Alejandro Kirk is leading the voting for the American League catcher position at the All-Star game. And this is a guy who's got the best weighted runs created plus among catchers. Why wouldn't he be? And they're spazzing out being like, oh, Jose Trevino should be in this spot. No, he shouldn't. That's a backup catcher. The fuck are you talking about? Who cares? Your team's on pace to win 130 games. Why are you worrying about the All-Star game? It's embarrassing. It, it is. Um, I liked the one response we got to the last podcast when people said us ripping on Yankees fans was like cringy and they just totally didn't understand what we were even talking about. Um, this one, I think Yankees fans melting down is cringy. Like, again, one, Kirk has a good case. It's not like this is some random backup catcher just getting votes because like a fan base thinks it'll be funny to see him in the All-Star game. Like if Alejandro Kirk doesn't get voted in, which he he probably will, um, even if he doesn't, you, there's like you said, there's a good argument for him to be there on merit. 
So it's not an insane thing that Alejandro Kirk is getting this chance. He's deserved it. He just had another great series against the Chicago White Sox where he faced some good pitchers and did some damage. So I just I uh, I, I do not understand why people freak out about this this is the same in every sport though right people are like oh let's debate the all-star teams and it's like it doesn't matter if my team was on pace for 130 wins if my team was on pace for 100 wins or 110 wins i'd be sitting there being like you know what none of you go go rest who gives a shit about some random baseball game that happens the night before the fucking espies like it doesn't matter it's entertaining to watch and if vladdy wins all-star game mvp we'll sit here on the pod and clap and give him his praise but like it doesn't matter. The regular season matters. And the, what matters even less than the All-Star game is the fan vote that decides who starts and plays the first inning. Like, it's just such nonsense. But, but, but that being said, given how rattled fans are about this, and there was that MLB nerds account was making a big scene about how the people needed to go vote against the Jays because it's not fair because Canada has so many people. Apparently, there's 36 what? million people in Canada. And I'm fairly certain 36 million people also live in New York. Um, so anyways, uh, apparently the Blue Jays have an unfair advantage because they have the whole country backing them. So now because of that, I think it's worthwhile for everyone to go and vote for literally fucking everyone on the Jays. Like get Danny Jansen is in as the DH. Like who cares? Just get everybody in. <laughs> do do like Kansas City in 2015. It was a 2015 or 14. I think it was 15. They hosted the all-star game and they got everybody in. Like the only non-Kansas City guy was like Mike Trout. They had Omar Infante, Kendry's Morales. Like the one guy that didn't get in, I think was Alex Rios. It was the whole team. Otherwise the whole, the whole starting, starting, starting lineup. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm just, <laughs> while you were talking, I looked up this MLB nerds account and they literally tweeted, I am calling upon all non blue Jays fans vote for Buxton, Anderson, Torres, France, respectively over Springer, Bichette, Espinal and Guerrero. Don't let non-deserving players win because they're backed by a country. Non-deserving players. What? Like Vladdy Jr. is one of the faces of baseball. Yeah. Like what do like, you I, I, George about? Springer? Like, what are we talking about here? Like you're, you're, this isn't, this isn't when, when the Canucks fans were trying to get Rory Fitzpatrick into the all-star game, you know, this is the face of baseball, another star young shortstop, a guy that just signed a $150 million contract. Sure. You can make the argument for Espinal, I guess, but fuck, he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a random breakout guy having a good season. Like it's cool if people are trying to get him into the all-star game. It's a, it's a cool thing. It's more interesting than seeing uh, whatever Yankee Glaber Torres there like okay <laughs> what and then this guy goes and tweets out his ballot which is all the Yankees starting nine like all right big guy anyways what a uh, nerd yeah what a nerd uh let's Fucking get, nerd let's get into uh our look ahead brought to you by our friends at points Bet Canada uh the Jays bats were solid against Chicago they're gonna need to continue to be solid because uh there is a game on Saturday where the Jays will be sending Yusei Kikuchi to the bump and the Brewers are responding with Corbin Burns. Bit of a mismatch. Little bit. Hey, wait. To be fair, in last Sunday's game, the Blue Jays sent Yusei Kikuchi up against Garrett Cole. Wait, was it Garrett Cole? No, it was Luis, Luis Severino. That's yeah. what it was, right? Yeah, okay. That's not that's not quite as extreme. Never mind. I, I take it back. Um, I just think you you look at that matchup and it's like, ooh, it's hard yeah, to imagine terrible. the that's, Blue Jays winning I was, that I was, game. I was, I was trying to... Uh, throw Yusei Kikuchi a bone and be like, well, he's come through for them in the past, but no, that's yuck. Uh, we get to see that's our boy, like. get to see our boy, Rowdy Telez. Yep. Rowdy um, has become a, a pretty good hitter. He's, he's, he's still kind of Rowdy Telez. He's 
pretty inconsistent. He's got a 795 OPS. He's hit 11 bombs. Uh, his strikeout to walks is what's gotten quite a bit better. He's got 54 strikeouts to 23 walks. I remember even when things were going well for him on the Jays, it was lots and lots and lots of strikeouts. Like in 2021, it was before they made the trade 33 strikeouts to nine walks. And that's kind of what made it difficult to keep trotting him out there. The other challenge for the Jays with Rowdy Telez was they couldn't really operate with him just being the DH at all times because they don't really do the traditional DH thing. They like to rotate a guy, whether it's Springer, Bo Bichette, Guriel, Kirk now, because you have three good catchers on your roster. It was just never going to fit. It's just unfortunate that Trevor Richards has completely fallen off a cliff because last year that trade was like, oh yeah, you know what? Like both teams got a good yeah. player here. They're both guys are contributing, but now Richards is a pumpkin and Telez <laughs> is exactly what the blue Jays need. So that sucks. But the reality for Rowdy is it, there just wasn't a fit with Vladdy at first. So be happy. The guy's doing well. Yeah. He's a cool dude. Yeah, as much as you'd love to have a lefty bat like Rowdy in your lineup, I would argue that using the DH is more of a rest spot for guys and ways to wiggle in all your skilled catchers. I think that's just a better use of the position. Do they need a lefty bat on their bench? Yes, that would benefit them. But it just if you want to use hindsight, sure, you can sit there and be like, oh, they should have never done that deal. But last year probably looks a lot differently if you don't have Trevor Richards as a solid option in your bullpen. So it's, you know, yeah, looking back on it, sure, maybe the Jays lost the deal. But last season, no one was saying that. So it's just it's kind of just whatever. It's a revisionist thing. Um, the Jays going Manoa Kikuchi Barrios this weekend. Uh, for me, the big pressure is on game one. You, you got to win the start where you have Alec Manoa on. And, you know, that. If that means the offense has to score seven because Manoa gives up four or five, sure. If that means the offense only needs to score three because Manoa's great, which I fully expect him to be, absolutely. Don't care how it even gets done if Manoa's great or not is my point. But you need to win that game, probably the one game this series where you have the advantage on the bump. Yeah, you have. Yeah, that's the one where you're like, okay, we're going to pull this because then, like you said, it's the Gucci and Burns game, which, Uh, oof, that might be a, that might be a, a day to take off. <laughs> and then Sunday it's Barrio. So Lord knows what you're going to get in that start. You might get seven innings and 13 strikeouts, or you might get four innings and five earned runs and one strikeout. Uh, who knows what you're going to get something in the middle, maybe, but Manoa is the game. You got to win there. You also would really like to win this series, given you just lost to the white Sox. You want to go three and three on the trip because you're staring down the barrel of three against the red Sox and then five against the Rays, a five game series against the Rays. Terrible, terrible, terrible times. Kikuchi versus Burns. I might book a tea time and just like keep track of the game on my phone that afternoon. We're being very hard on you, say Kikuchi. They're going to win and people are going to tweet us and be like, oh, you fucking jackasses. What's wrong with you? Well, if they made it that far in the podcast to hear these takes, that's a positive. I'll just take it. Yeah. Congrats on making it to the 31 minute and 16 second mark, everybody. Incredibly proud of you. Very good. We appreciate it. Uh, I don't know. Shout out to our friends at Points Bet Canada. I don't know what the odds are going to be for that Saturday game. The Jays will be underdogs. So you know what? I'll send a good omen out there. I will. I will put my own money on the Blue Jays to win the Kikuche versus Burns game. Are you going to? Yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it for the people. I feel like I put out bad vibes by playing the Price is Right losing horn um, when I said the matchup. So I'm going to I'm going to put good vibes out there. I'm going to bet on the Jays to win and I'll do a same game points bet Canada parlay with like Kikuchi over three and a half strikeouts. So there you go. No, you got to do something crazy. Be like a three way parlay. That's like 
The Jays win. Kikuchi goes more than five and a half innings and he strikes out like more than eight. <laughs> Nine case. What? Yeah, you can like just a, just a master class from Kikuchi. Yep, yep, yep. Do that. All right. Shout out to DoorDash. Shout out to Points Bet Canada. Shout out to you, Coombsy. Uh, you enjoy this series and we'll chat on the weekend. Best wishes. Thanks for tuning in to Blue Jays Nation Radio, a member of the Nation Network of podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.